setting up for this weekend with our students, and, uh, um, and it was, um, we, we were decorating our stage in our youth, air, youth worship area, and I'd hired this guy named Chris Allen, who was a college, he was playing college basketball at, at the time, and uh, Chris walks into the auditorium, and just, we're just hanging out, and we're setting up, and he just walks into the auditorium and does a box jump up on the stage. If you ever, like a box jump is where you just stood there and he just, he just jumped up on the stage. And, and out of my mouth, I said this out loud, I said, I think I can do that. <laughs> and, and I don't know why I said that. I just saw that. I, th- I think I can do that. And he goes, Wall, you, you shouldn't do that. And that kind of made me mad. I thought, Phew. so that's when actually the last words of a redneck came out of my mouth which I looked at him and I said, well, watch this. And I took everything out of my pocket and, um, and I made it. I want you to know I made it. But, but I had a little problem at the end. As I, as I made it to the stage, um, I mean, I, I approached it with the confidence of a cheetah. You know, I, I, was, I was like, I had confidence. Unfortunately, I had the vertical of a, maybe a hippo or something. But um, so I, when I went to stand up, my feet slipped off the edge of the stage, and all of my weight came down on my shins on the corner of the stage. And, and you know what? I taught them, and not, although all of my staff was there in that moment, I taught them not to cuss in moments like that. Uh, because all I said was, yikes. And Chris said, you need to look at it. I go, no, I'm not going to look at it. I just need to walk it off. I got to walk it off. He goes, no, you need to look at it. So I raised up my, I had sweats on, and I raised it up. And, and so needless to say, I, I, I got to go to the ER to, uh, to get eight stitches in each shin, each one of my shins. So I have, I have the marks. I have two little smiley faces in my shins. And it's, it's, it's outstanding. It's, it's great. Um, and, um, you know, uh, that was a day that um, didn't go like I planned. Now, we're in Acts 14, and, and this is a day that didn't go like Paul planned. And, and you know, just like I have the marks on my shins uh, of, of an event that took place, I really believe after this this missionary journey, this is the end of Paul's first missionary journey. That's where we're going to be today in Acts 14. And at the end of this journey, I think Paul carried scars and marks for the rest of his life. And, and you know, I think we sometimes forget that we're in a spiritual battle. We are. You know that, right? That, that the Christian life is a spiritual battle. And, you know, here's the reality as a Christ follower, those of us that, that know Jesus as our Savior and we're following Jesus, we will not get out of this battle without marks, without some scars, without some evidence that we have been in a battle. Now, following Jesus is the greatest thing you'll ever do. Um, it's the greatest adventure you'll ever take. But, but, but this morning, we're going to see in this passage of Scripture that that 
that following Jesus is costly. And you know, my, one of my burdens, one of my con- convictions as a pastor is, is I think sometimes pastors are so wanting to be in growing churches that they water down the gospel in such a way that they don't communicate what it is. That, that following Jesus, you know, no, heaven is a free gift. We don't earn it and we don't deserve it. And I want you to recognize that. I mean, to, to, see, um, to see the baptisms today was so cool. That was a, a testimony that, look, Jesus saved me not of our own merit, not of our own doing. Jesus gave us grace and mercy. Grace is a gift that we've been given that we don't deserve. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. And, and heaven is a free gift. But once we follow Jesus, once we receive that gift of eternal life, we, got, we enter into a spiritual battle and we are called to follow the Lord. We're called to obey the Lord, not to earn salvation, but because of our salvation, we're called to follow Jesus. So this is why we push one another and challenge one another to live disciplined lives, lives that are surrendered to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, there's, there's um, no greater thing in all of our, all of, that we can do than, than to follow Jesus. And it's my prayer that as a church that we hold one another accountable because we are called to live a life that, that honors the Lord. And so we, we are challenging one another. Like Hebrews says, we're to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And, and this morning, what I want us to do is, is to recognize the real picture of what it's like to follow Jesus. Paul shows us this, how to live in this spiritual battle. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 14. We're going to stand and read our text because we have this habit uh, that, that is just a way to acknowledge that we're reading God's Word, not, not our Word. We're going to do that here in a minute. But I'm gonna, we're going to go through a little bit of this passage before we stand and read the text that I want us to stand and read read together. But, but I want us to, you to look at this in, in Acts 14. It's a really interesting passage. Now, the first missionary journey that Paul went on is, is, is to the province of Galatia. So essentially, you could look at Acts, at this first missionary journey of Paul, and it's almost like a, um, a preview uh, or a, a preview of the book of Galatians. And so you can get some context to the book of Galatians, the letter that Paul wrote to the churches there, and it all started right here. And it's interesting, as Paul is, is in, in this journey, Acts 14, 9, he talks about that, that Paul was going into the city of, of Lystra. Lystra is this Roman province of Galatia. It's about 18 miles from Iconium. We looked at Iconium last week. So he's traveling around this entire region. And, and this visit was very eventful for Paul. It was quite an amazing journey. It says that Acts 14.9 talks about that Paul was speaking. And, I, and it's almost like as he was normally speaking. So, so some scholars say that, that Paul was just in the marketplace talking about Jesus. There's this paralyzed man in Acts 14 that overhears him. That, that's what a lot of people think is going on here. Uh, Paul is just witnessing to people, talking in the marketplace, and a guy overhears him. I I think about this. What what kind of conversations do people overhear you talking about at work? So I love what what, uh, 
follower of one. You need to check that out. Uh, Mike Henry has is, is got a passion for this. And, and you know, a bunch of people from our church are going to go on a mission trip coming up uh, to their own work. You don't have to pay for it. It's just, hey, I want to challenge you to sign up for this and, and, and get a hold of this. And Paul's in the marketplace. He's likely just talking about Jesus. A, a paralyzed man from birth overhears him. And as he overhears him, he's going, oh my goodness, I, I believe this. And, and then Paul, the, the Bible says that Paul looks, verse 9, he says, and Paul looking intently at him, seeing that he had the faith to be made well. Look at that. And said in a loud voice, Paul says in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And this man who had never walked before, think about this. I mean, I mean, like when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm like, oh, ah. You know, oh, you know, the, you know, it feels like my muscles are not, you know. But like I learned when I jumped, the box jump, I learned that I can't jump and that I'm a former athlete. Those are two great lessons that I learned that day. But this, this guy never walked. And look, the Bible says that when Paul said, stand, stand upright on your feet, and he sprang up and began walking. I mean, think about that. He sprang up. Now, I want you to notice the crowd's response. Verse, verse 11, and the crowd saw that Paul had done this. They lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, oh my goodness, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought an oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowd. So, th so they missed it, right? Here's Paul and Barnabas talking about Jesus, and, and the crowds were like, oh, look, it's, it's Jupiter. I mean, your, your version may say Jupiter. That's another word for, for Zeus. And, 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 and Hermes, the, the gods have visited us. And they start praising Paul. They start bringing all these things out, and it tells us a lot of things. You know, that, that when we talk about what God has done, miracles alone don't bring people to Jesus, do they? I mean, sometimes people don't recognize the miracles being from God. This was this superstitious crowd, and they said, Barnabas, you're like Jupiter or Zeus, and, and, and Paul, you're the speaker, you're like Mercury or Hermes, and, and, uh, and these were gods that they knew. Now, here's point number one that I want us to recognize about following Jesus, and it's this. Do you know that following Jesus will not be easy? You know that? Point number one, following Jesus will not be easy. And this is, a, this is a, something I want us to recognize. If you're here and, and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and I, I, I do have to tell you that, that surrendering your life to Christ is not a ticket to an easy life. And, and we've got to recognize in our, our United States of America that, that we want Christianity to be convenient for us. We don't want church to, oh, don't, don't ask me to do too much at church. You know, don't, 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 uh, come on, don't uh, put these requirements on us. No, we want, we want following Christ to be easy, but I got to tell you that following Christ is never easy. It's not. You know, there's going to be personal struggles when you follow Jesus, right? There will be personal struggles. I think about the personal struggles that Paul is going, Paul and Barnabas are going through here. 
I mean, think about the, the temptation that they could have, could have um, fallen into here. Here's the, the people that are saying, hey, you guys are powerful. You're famous. You know, you know, it's a temptation that we have to face of taking credit for what God has done. You, you know, this is something I want to, I, I try to be careful of. When God moves, I don't want to take credit for something he's done. I don't want to exalt myself in the day of the celebrity pastor, the celebrity church, whatever. You know what? We shouldn't promote works of men here or our own name here, our, the, like the branding of church. How's your brand and all? You know what? That's, that's a bunch of junk. Let's, let's promote Jesus. Let, let's give Jesus the credit. I think about Paul and Barnabas, this, this personal struggle they could have uh, fallen into of, of let's promote our name. Let's, and even the subtleness of, you know what, we could use our fame here to teach the truth. They were like, no, 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 no. They, they went to this crowd. They said, whoa, time out. Wait, wait, you're missing it. We're, we're just men like you. We've been changed by Jesus. This isn't about Zeus. This isn't about Mercury. Jesus did a work here. Jesus rose from the dead. And, 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 and they stopped everybody and said, no, 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 wait a minute. You've got to recognize that this is not from, from God. And I want you to know, when you follow Jesus, you're going to have the temptation for personal problems. You'll have to wrestle through our own, our own self. You know, one of the things I battle the most in my walk with the Lord is myself. My lack of discipline sometimes. Or my, my sinful appetites that I want to feed and I, I need to starve those and learn to walk with the Lord. You know, when you follow Jesus, you're going to have these personal problems. You're going to have people problems when you follow the Lord, right? I mean, look at the people problems these guys are having. I mean, at one moment, they're like, oh, you guys are, are miracle workers. You're famous. And they go, no, no, time out. This isn't from Zeus or Hermes. And in the next moment, they're, they're going to kill them. I mean, think about this. This, this shift that takes place to, hey, we want to exalt you guys because this guy's walking and, and people are believing, the, the text says. And, and, and like verse 14 says, Paul and Barnabas, when they heard of it, they tore their garments, they rushed out in the crowd crying out, men, why are you doing these things? Don't do this. And in verse 16 says, in past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without a witness. He, he uses the history, this, this uh, he, he points out that the gods you've been worshiping are false. And the crowd turns on them. And they grab them. And, and it's interesting that we see these people problems are, are coming about with Paul and Barnabas, and they're, they're following Jesus. And this is a reality of what happens when you follow Jesus. People problems come to the forefront, but, but you also see challenging circumstances come when you follow Jesus. And this is what happens when you follow the Lord. Following Jesus will not be easy. Now let's stand together. Look at verse 19. Let's read this together. Look at these circumstances that are going on. But the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul 
and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, he had made many disciples. And they returned to Lystra. Did you get that? They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening all the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Maybe seated now. Now I want you to notice this. Here's Paul right in the middle of God's will. Paul and Barnabas are right in the middle of God's will. They're serving the Lord faithfully, and 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 you know they're they're praised in one minute, and the next minute they're dragging them out of the city, and they drag them out, and literally they are grabbing these stones and are pelting him. And these are not little rocks. These are these are. Uh, baseball-type stones, that they're looking at them and going, I don't know if anybody could throw like Rob, who was baptized today. I mean, he he played baseball for Wichita State and played professionally, and the the man can throw a a ball. But but it doesn't matter if you're throwing it hard or soft. If if someone's hitting you in the head with rocks, you're going to notice it's going to leave some marks. And it's so bad that they, they looked, they, 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 they thought he was dead. So it knocked him out. He's out. And, and you know, uh, and what I love about what the disciples do, what they do? They gathered around him. This is a mark of a true Christian. When it gets tough, guess, what's ha- guess what happens all through history when Christians start to face persecution and difficulty and challenge, what happens is God's people step up to that. That's what I love about the Lord. Because here's what they do. They don't run away. They they gather around Paul. They think he's dead. And, and, you know, some argue that he might have been, but we don't really know that. I think he's probably just knocked out. But I think that everybody in the city of Lystra thought he was dead. And then all of a sudden he wakes up. And they're like, okay, we, we better get out of here. But I guarantee he had marks. He was, you know, had scars. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we've got to see this that, you know, I love how God uses tough times in the life of a believer. Because I found in, in tough times, that's when I recognize the power of God. I recognize that when times are tough. I, in tough times, I, I recognize, I've recognized that God can be trusted through difficult circumstances. I, I know people that don't know the Lord that have looked at me and said, why did God allow that to happen? Where was God on when that tragedy happened in your life? I, I don't know, but one of the things I've known is that through tough times, I've learned that God's faithful. I've, I've learned that, that, that God gives me comfort in tough times. And I've, I've experienced the Lord strengthening me and giving me power in the moment that I needed and needed it. And, 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 and what I love about it is, is as this happens, Paul gets stoned, almost killed for his faith. That's never happened to me. 
I mean, I was telling Robin this yesterday. We were driving, and I'm like, you know, I, I kind of feel bad, like a pansy a little bit, because nobody's ever, I mean, gotten, when I've gotten up to preach, no one's ever tried to come and punch me in the face. You know, you may have wanted to. I don't know. Thanks for not doing that. I appreciate it. But, but, but you know, here's Paul, and they're, they're dragging him out, about to kill him. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, the, and this is something I, I've, I've recognized. Maybe, maybe you and I won't be the ones that are facing this type of persecution, but one of the things we know from Scripture that in our future this kind of difficulty is coming. And what if our job is maybe, maybe, maybe we are, things change so rapidly, maybe we will in our lifetime, but what if we're raising up the generation? that won't crater when times get tough? What if we are the ones that are supposed to inspire and challenge our children and our grandchildren to so trust the Lord that when persecution comes, they're they're like, we've seen what faithfulness looks like. This is why I, I, I want us to be in a church that works through tough stuff. And, 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 and serves the Lord sacrificially. And, and, you know, here's what Paul's, goodness, it's so cool because he gets up wounded and, 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 and I want us to key in on verse 21 and 22. Look at this. When they had preached the gospel to that city, so they go in and they preach the gospel again, and it made many disciples, look at this, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Okay, they returned to these cities. Now, if, if you just got pelted with rocks, would you say, yeah, let's go back there. That would be a good idea. But, but you've got to realize there are a lot of people that believed, a lot of people that had trusted the Lord. And so they were like, we're going to go back and we're going we're to minister to those people. We're going to share, we're going to encourage them. And, 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 you know, some of these believers, they were probably looking at things like, man, this is uh, not working, or, or this is difficult, and, and, and they were probably terrified and scared watching Paul face this kind of difficulty, but yet he goes back, and I bet it really encouraged them that, that look, well, look what he says, and he was strengthening the souls of the disciples, verse 22, encouraging them to continue in their faith. And, and you know, that's something I prayed that, that we'll do today. Let's, let's be strengthened, and uh, I want to strengthen you. I want us to be strengthened by the Word of God. I, I want us to continue, uh, in, 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 to continue in the faith. I mean, I pray we continue in this journey of walking with the Lord. And look what he says. And saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. He doesn't fail us, Jim. That's right. But you know, we're going to go through many tribulations. There's going to be many moments that we go, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. Lord, we need your help. And before we enter the kingdom of God as believers, we will all face many tribulations. We're going to have marks for our faith. Now, what's interesting, I want to point you to two references, 2 Timothy 3, 12, um, or 10 through 12, Timothy refers to this. 
this moment in Iconium when he says, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim. Paul's writing to Timothy. He's looking back on this moment. You have followed my teaching, my conduct, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Isn't that awesome? The Lord rescued me from all of our tribulations. The Lord will rescue us. Indeed, all who desire, 2 Timothy 3.12, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How many? All. Folks, we're going to face this. This is why we shouldn't be surprised when tough times come. You know, a verse I'm wrestling with, and, and I've memorized it in the old NIV, when, when Jesus said in 1, Timothy, 1 Peter 2, 20 and 21, he says, but how is it to your credit? Think about this. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you receive a beating for doing good and, and, and endure it, this is commendable before God. And think about this. To this you were called. What? Wait a minute. We live in Tulsa and they preach... There's a lot of health, wealth, and prosperity messages around here. Wait, wait a minute. To, um, wait, wait, to this you are called? Suffering is something we're called to for Christ suffered for you and me, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So I want you to know following Jesus will not be easy. And if somebody gets up in front of you and says it's easy to follow him, it's not true. And verse 23 goes on, and, and it's interesting as, as I, well, before we go to verse 23, let me, let me just give you point two here. You know that following Jesus will require determination for us? And so there's some tests I think about. As I think about, am I determined to follow Jesus? Am I going to be determined to do this? And, and it's the bravery test. I think about God, and I pray that I'm brave. I pray that the example that I set for my children and my grandchildren someday, hopefully a long time from now in my life, is that I'd be brave. Are we brave? Are, are, are kids that go to school, you kids that go to school, are you, are you going to be brave enough to say, look, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to do that? At your work, are you, are you known for taking a stand for what's right? Golly, folks, we, we got to be brave as believers. I think about that bravery test. The discipline test is it something I think about. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday I go to the mailbox, and I don't know why we get SOMA advertisements in the mail. I got to the mail, and it's some girl in her underwear. And I'm like, yeah, put it at the bottom. And, and the whole time I'm walking up to the house, oh, maybe that would be good for your wife. You ought to get that. Maybe a good Christmas present. You ought to check that. No, I'm not going to check it out. I had this conversation with myself out loud as I'm walking to my house from my mailbox. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put it at the bottom of the mail stack, and I'm going to walk in and go, here. And I did that. Here, here's your mail. 
And so, but the discipline test, are, are we going to be disciplined? The perseverance test is something I think about. I want to persevere. I want to walk with the Lord. And verse 23, it's interesting because, and, and after this, they appointed, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they spoke the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had, they had fulfilled. And when they had arrived, look at this, and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had, had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained, and look at this, no little time with the disciples. Folks, point three is this. Um, following Jesus is a group effort. And this is why we need the church. This is why we need one another. This is why we, we see the, the power of, of being together. I mean, following Jesus is a group effort for us. We should... We should do this together. We, this is why you can't just come to this room and look at the back of somebody's head. This is why church is not, if you're just saying, I want to go to church and I don't, want to, I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't want anybody to know me, I just want to get in and get out and hear a message. That's not church, folks. That's not what the church is. We're supposed to be in one another's business. That's what church is. And let me tell you something, you need the church in your business because we're to help one another through life. And most of the time when we don't want someone in our business, that's just pride. That's just this, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to let people know where I'm struggling. I want to keep people at a distance. And, and look, we need one another. We need to, and, and, and this is church. It's what church is. The church stands together, stands with each other. And I love it how in this story, here's Paul being stoned to death. They all come and gather around him. The church stands with each other. The church invests in one another. You know, this is what we should do. We should invest in one another. This is why with joy we give to help people and to help one another and, and to, to provide ministry and outreach and and, and, and service to a community. This community needs us, and, and this is why we've got to be open to the community and injecting ourselves in the lives of people and, and make room for people. And uh, the, the, the church needs us. It's going to take a group effort. The church works together, and this is what we do. We, we, we are to work together to help one another and to, and to make a difference and to share the gospel. And it's interesting as Paul gets with the church, it's, it's, it's such a big thing, such a powerful thing. Even the, in the midst of his wounds and his bruises and his scars that had to have been evident on his face. I mean, think about the scars and the, and the nicks and the broken bones that had to have happened as Paul is belted with these rocks. And yet the church is encouraged through this. 
Now, of course, following Jesus is not easy. Of course, it's going to require determination for us. Of course, we need a group effort. But, but let me say again that, that following Jesus is not something we earn or we deserve. We, we, don't, we don't earn access into heaven by our efforts. We earn access into heaven by Christ, what Jesus did on the cross. And I, I, I so want that to be clear because I know so many people that, that say, well, I can somehow come and be good and I can give money, I can walk down an aisle, and if I walk down an aisle, I'm automatically saved, and none of that is true. We, we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is for by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. And, and now, my prayer is, like, like Paul looked at the church at Galatia and, this, and the church that formed in this region and the, and the leaders that they put in place and, and these men, that were, men and women that were following Christ and he strengthened them and encouraged them and, and, and challenged them to come together. And he said, look, let's follow Jesus with determination. Not to get God to love, love us more, but there's going to be a day we stand before him. And folks, I think that, that we're going to be together when we stand before the Lord. I think we're going to give an account, not just individually, but corporately. And I pray that we're a church that's faithful, that's, that's, that runs our race, like I read in my quiet time this morning in Hebrews chapter 12, that we run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And you know, I think if we do that, that if we are raising up that generation that will have to stand and sacrifice even their lives for the Lord. If my grandkids do that, if they have to do that, I hope they can say, you know what? My grandpa taught me how to be faithful to the Lord, how to stand on his promises, how to obey him even when it was tough. This is why we should walk with the Lord. What we do, how we live matters. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, I, I can't promise you it'll be easy. But I can tell you, you'll never regret it. And, and see, because you're here today, you know what I believe? I believe God's calling you. God's saying, you come to me, I won't turn you away. Would you come to him? Would you come to Jesus today? Would you listen to his voice, not mine? And maybe there's something in your heart, even as we've been talking today, that you're like, you know what, I need that. That's the Lord. 
would you come to him? Christ follower, dad, I'm thankful for Rob's example today. Look at what we saw. A father saying, I'm going to lead the way in following Jesus. And then he baptized his daughter. Dads, man, follow Jesus. Stop. Stop holding on to that junk that's messing you up. Get brave. Be disciplined. Come on. Persevere.